To those of you listening to us on the internet, <clears throat> to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace. From God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. The word of God upon which we base our message this morning is the gospel for today. You heard it uh, read in Luke 2, but also there is an allusion to uh, Exodus chapter 13, the Old Testament reading. So Luke chapter 2, After the days required <clears throat> by Moses' teachings to make a mother clean had passed, Joseph and Mary went to Jerusalem. They took Jesus to present him to the Lord. And then from Exodus, the Lord spoke to Moses, set apart every firstborn male for me. Every firstborn male offspring among the Israelites is mine. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who was presented in the temple 40 days after his birth, my beloved. Uh, if you were to come to church some Sunday and you didn't read your bulletin and all of a sudden you saw a young couple carrying a baby in their arms walking down the aisle and coming up the stairs of the altar and finally arriving at this piece of furniture which you can't see behind me, uh, you would probably say, oh, there's going to be a baptism this morning. And, of course, the parents do have to bring the child to be baptized because, as an infant, the child can't walk yet or talk yet. And so the parents bring them. This morning we talk about Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, bringing Jesus not to church but to the temple, not to be baptized but to be presented to the Lord. And they made that little journey from Bethlehem to Jerusalem, about six miles, to satisfy three Jewish religious rituals commanded by God. And as they satisfied those three religious ceremonies or rituals by bringing Jesus, we see that Jesus was humiliated and he was worshipped so that we could be exalted and worship him in heaven forever. And so Luke's reading before us this morning describes three religious rituals that took place, first of all, eight days after Jesus was born, and then 40 days after his birth. And they were in this order, circumcision, purification, and then presentation for redemption. Now, many of God's Old Testament religious rituals were to serve as visual aids that continually reminded God's people of their relationship with him. These three rituals... Mary and Joseph fulfilled at this particular time 
all had to do with either entrance into God's kingdom or maintaining a relationship with God. Because if you are not a child of God, you cannot be saved. All little Israelite baby boys had to be circumcised eight days after they were born. And it's also the day that they received their name. And that happens to be eight days after uh, December 25th is January 1st, New Year's Day, that we usually celebrate the circumcision of Jesus and Jesus receiving his name. Now, without going into detailed sex education this morning, to to, uh, suffice it to say that God was saying by circumcision, membership in my church is only possible through pain and the shedding of blood by a male. Circumcision was to be a a visual aid by God to the people to point people forward to the time when Jesus would carry his cross and suffer pain and shed his blood and by that punishment in our place we might be saved. As the writer to the Hebrews said, without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. Second, After the childbirth of a firstborn baby boy, actually, in fact, all babies, a mother had to stay in in seclusion for, uh, for the boys 40 days if it was a girl for 80 days because she was considered to be unclean. Now, exactly what does that mean? I got a definition this morning, and pardon me if I'm a little bit too graphic, but I think it's important for us to understand what Mary was going through for 40 days of seclusion. Why was a woman considered ceremonially unclean after the wonderful miracle of birth? It was due to the bodily emissions and secretions occurring during and after childbirth. These were considered unclean and made the woman unprepared to enter the pure surroundings of the tabernacle. Unclean did not mean sinful or dirty. God created us male and female. And he ordered us to be fruitful and multiply. He did not change his mind and say that sex and procreation were now somehow unclean. Instead, he made a distinction between his worship and the popular worship of fertility gods and goddesses. Canaanite religions incorporated prostitution and immoral rites as the people begged their gods to make their crops, herds, and families increase. By contrast, Israel's religion avoided all sexual connotations. By keeping worship and sex entirely separate, God helped the Israelites avoid confusion with pagan rites. The Israelites worshiped God as their loving creator and provider, and they thanked him for bountiful crops and safe childbirth. And so Mary went through a 40-day process of purification. Might also be a thought that, hey, an Israelite lady, she brought a new sinful baby into the world, inherited sin, sin from the parents. As we know, to behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me, And maybe that's another reason why God said, go through a period of purification. Third, 
on the 40th day after a firstborn baby boy, they had to be presented to the Lord and dedicated to him and be redeemed. Now, the ritual of presentation and redemption remind the people how God had saved the firstborn in Egypt. Remember the Passover? And how God said, put the blood on your doorposts, be inside your house eating the lamb. By the blood of the lamb and the body of the lamb, you will be saved. And the firstborn male of both animals and humans, for the Israelites will be saved. All the other ones in Egypt will die. And on that night, then, the angel of death passed over. And all the firstborn boys and men were saved and spared. Consequently, God said, now all firstborn men, babies, boys, they belong to me. And until they're, and they're mine until, until you buy them back with a sacrifice as payment. Most of the payments, if you had enough money, parents brought a, a lamb or a goat to the temple. Mary and Joseph weren't that wealthy. And so Moses' teaching says, well, you could also bring two turtle doves. And that was their sacrifice to buy Jesus back as their firstborn son. All of that was a reminder of how we used to belong to God. We used to be his children. But Adam and Eve sinned. And God lost us as his children. We were lost to sin, death, and everlasting condemnation. And so God had to buy us back or redeem us, not with gold or silver, not with lambs or goats or turtle doves, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. The significance of Jesus being brought to the temple on this 40th day after his birth is that none of these rituals pertain to him. As the Son of God, he was exempt but he claimed no exemption. Jesus didn't need to be circumcised to suffer pain and shed blood to be made a member of God's family. He's the leader of God's family. He's God himself. In fact, he's the one to which that ritual pointed to. By the shedding of his blood, we are forgiven. He was the fulfillment of that visual aid. You might say Mary didn't have to be purified. She bore the holy, innocent Son of God. Jesus certainly didn't have to be redeemed by a presentation ceremony. He was and is the Redeemer himself. Circumcised, purified, and redeemed. Jesus was exempt from all of those rituals. But so that he might fulfill all things and be perfect for us, he claimed no exemption. He instead allowed himself to be humiliated by these rituals. In fact, didn't you ever think about it already at Jesus' conception? He was humiliated. Oh, Mary's pregnant out of wedlock. And he was born and he was humiliated. No soft bed, a hard manger. And he was humiliated once again by his circumcision looking like a sinful child who had to be made a member of God's family. The Holy Creator allows himself to be treated like a sinful creature. That's how far the God of the universe was willing to go for you. 
But not only was Jesus humiliated when he came to the temple, he was also worshipped by two people. St. Luke tells us uh, by Simeon and then by Anna. Uh, Luke tells us that Simeon, and we don't know how old he was. I know a lot of times they picture Simeon as being very old. Anna was. But he had been given a promise by God that he would not die until he had actually be able to see the Messiah. You ever think about it in all of the world's history from the beginning of time and even up until today, how very, very, very few people actually ever saw the Messiah come into human flesh? Very few. What a privilege that was for Simeon. And when he saw Jesus in Mary's arm, he went up and he took the infant Jesus into his own arms. And he knew that he was the Savior and he worshipped him and he praised him and he prophesied about him. He prophesied that Jesus would be the Savior, not just of the Jewish people, but of all nations, you and me included. He prophesied that some people would believe in Jesus and be saved and some people would reject him and be lost. And he also prophesied that Mary's heart would be pierced with sadness one day as we recognize as she stood at the foot of the cross watching her son die. And then there was Anna, and she was a senior citizen. Depends upon how you calculate it, but she could have been as old as 107 years. She worshipped too. She gave thanks to God for giving her a Savior. And then she did her own very special personal mission work by telling all the people that came into the temple that the Messiah had been born. So this morning, a whole lot of activity. What did Jesus do after he was born? A whole lot of activity went on there in those first 40 days. This morning we had a little bit of a post-Christmas glimpse into the life of the baby Jesus. Mary and Joseph brought him to the temple. As an infant, he was humiliated, and he was worshipped. Why so? Jesus had to be, a lot of times we say, well, what did Jesus come into the world? He had to die for us, yes. But Jesus also had to live for us. He had to be perfect for us. He perfectly fulfilled these rituals, too. In fact, that's what the Bible is all about, is the great exchange. Jesus being perfect for us, living perfect for us, and then giving us his perfection, and then taking all of our sins off of us onto himself and suffering punishment for us, the great exchange, and that's how we are made perfect. As an infant, Jesus was humiliated and he was worshipped so that we will not be humiliated when our Lord returns, but instead we will be exalted as kings and queens to worship Jesus as the heavenly temple for all eternity. Jesus, his love came down so that we might be lifted up as the children of God, adopted as we are, but for all of time and for all of eternity. Thank God once again for our greatest Christmas present, Jesus Christ, our only Savior. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed.
I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate, He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time together, our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. <laughs> 